everyone and welcome back to the Football Sugar Podcast. My name is Thomas Durning and today I'm joined by my co-host, Pierce McLaughlin. Hiya, how are you Pierce? Not too bad. Alongside Pierce and I, making his debut on the podcast, we have Liam Doherty joining us. Hello Liam. Alright lads, I'm off the bench making my debut here. Finally. <laughs> I know you finally got me. <laughs> so, on today's podcast... We will be discussing the results of this weekend's FA Cup semi-finals. Previewing this weekend's Scottish Cup semi-finals and at the end of the podcast, Pierce will give a rundown of all the latest Asian football news. So coming up next, we'll be discussing the results of the FA Cup semi-finals. So on Saturday, the 22nd of April, Manchester City defeated Sheffield United 3-0 to send Man City to the final of this competition for the first time in three years. So, starting off with you, Pierce, what was your reaction uh, to the result? What result? <laughs> uh, the Man City-Sheffield United one. I can't remember. Man's pretty confident. Was it 3-0? You can't expect Man City to win, um, even though they would rotated about half their team. With the upcoming Champions League match coming up. Um, but the most surprised one was Manu winning the penalties because Manu had been kind of off the boil recently. Um, and obviously, I won't, we'll, go on, we'll, we'll go on to that match. Um, but just, did you what did you see the Man City game? No, I didn't. Did you not see it? <laughs> uh, what were you, Liam? Stick to the script, Pierce. Um, I, I thought it was um, quite. So, I mean, I expected that, to be honest, because they, they swept away Burnley in the, the last round and they're the team to beat in the Championship. So I always felt like that was the the most likely outcome. Um, I feel like the, the Sheffield United defenders never helped themselves. Obviously, they conceded three goals, but if you look at the second and the third goal, they just kind of back off the... You're facing a, a team of that quality, they're, they're going to finish the chances. So you can't really get away with it against Man City like they maybe can in the Championship. So I expected that. And you know, 3 0 could have probably been 4 or 5 or 6. So and no, no big surprises there. No, um, no, it was a really good result for them. And Sheffield United, I mean, they've had a bounce season. I think they're they're just about promoted. I think they only need one more win and then that's in back in the Premier League. So no, they've had uh, Sheffield United. I mean, they've had a drunk season, and um, you know, we'll be seeing them more in the Premier League next season. So, um, obviously, with Man City now, now in the final, that's them um, still in the race, obviously for the Premier League title. Um, they're also in the semi-finals, of the Champions League. So, what do you think about the chances of winning the treble? What be start with you, Pierce? Um, I don't think they won the treble. I think they won two. I think they won the Premier League and I think they won the FA Cup. I think the Champions League, they've got a mental block. But FA Cup and domestic competitions, especially at the Carabao Cup, they've they've won that so many times. But I think the FA Cup against Manchester United, who have been poor this season, but they've had, they're still in the top four race. But they're better than they were under um, Solskjaer and Magnet last season. And the fact is that Manchester United already won a trophy already, so that could be a double for them. And it is obviously a final and everything to play for at Wembley. 
but I do see Manchester City having far too much firepower um, for Man United and I, I do think the Man City in the driving seat for the Premier League title even though Arsenal kind of tailed off the last couple of weeks yeah but I think the Champions League is just a step too far for them I think they'll win a double but it's, that's respectable Obviously, I'm playing. Do you think they'll, they'll do it, the treble? I think they will, and I've backed them the last season or two to, to get further in the Champions League, but I think this season, I know it's only one player, but Haaland's, you know, strikes me as a type of guy that can help a team win. Um, and you look at Madrid, got Benzema, obviously, I'm not comparing the strikers because he's, like, world-class, and Haaland's kind of just at the start of his career, in a sense, but I think they've got that extra guy who can who can actually bring the players together and, and put them further this time and I, I think they'll take care of Man United in the cup as well. Um, they had a, a purple patch maybe a month or two ago but they've kind of dipped a wee bit so it's, it's a cup game so you can never really look too much into form but at the same time I think City will will do it in, in both competitions and I think they'll win the league as well because Arsenal have had a couple of chances, two or three chances to like extend the lead um, they're good at winning games when City have won but I feel like when they've got that extra game to, to go further ahead they, they kind of cave a wee bit so I think City will win, win the league as well mm-hmm. So um, the other semi-final which was played on the Sunday the 23rd April that was between Manchester United and Brighton and the winners of this match were Man United they won in penalties after both teams drew 0-0 after 120 minutes of football so starting off with you Pierce what was your reaction to the result? More surprised, to be honest. Because um, Brighton have been just an exciting team to watch this season. First let's start the season on the Potter, and then since the Zerbies came in, um, and obviously one of the standard players this season has been like players like Matoma and Caicedo, who was linked to move to Arsenal in January. Um, but I think Manchester United just put in a professional performance after getting absolutely humiliated away in Europe against Sevilla, where they just kind of shut up shop and looked at the counter. Um, obviously, they've had injuries and that as well, suspensions and stuff like that recently. So, But I think, see on paper, you'd expect Manchester United to win, but it wasn't that It wasn't that way during the match. And I think Manchester United counts as lucky, but... Ten Hag's got yourself in two finals, so you can't exactly um, say he's done a bad job. Mm-hmm. What were you saying, What was your reaction? Hey, I mean, I thought it was quite a good game for it being nil-nil. I'm surprised there wasn't a goal in 90 minutes, to be honest. Um, I think it was a, a game of two great keepers because they both had good saves. Um, I think that's Man United's problem because De Gea had probably one of his worst performances against Sevilla, a couple of mistakes, and then he they make save like that, saves like that in the, the weekend's game. So when it gets to a penalty shootout, I just think it's your luck. You obviously still need to, to score the penalties. But um, I, I feel kind of bad for Brighton because they, they look pretty good and they pushed Man United obviously all the way. So mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was a brilliant game because the match report is up in the, up in the Football Trivia website. themselves pretty gutted because you know they played really well in the match. Um so 
this this means that the FA Cup final um it'll be between Man City and Man United. Quite uh, quite surprising that this is the first time that both these teams will actually meet in the final of the FA Cup. So starting off with you, Pierce, who do you think will win? I'm I'm going to say Man City. Uh, I think there's just a far too much firepower. Players like Mares, Foden, Grealish, Bernardo Silva's in form his life this season. And then you've got the main man Haaland up front who just scores goals for fun. And then you've got Kevin De Bruyne, just the, the man that just can do everything. He's just a complete midfielder. Um, and I do think if Man United were to win the match, it would it'd be down to Man City mistakes and Man City not performing to their top level. Mm-hmm. What about yourself, Liam? Yeah, I agree. I think if, if Man City play to their full potential, there's no team that can stop them just now. Um, I think I was surprised this is the first time in a few years they've been to the final, but you look at the teams they've played, played previously, earlier in the competition in uh, Chelsea and Arsenal, um, I think they would have been quite happy with a couple of draws before the final. Um, I think Spurs were the only other bigger team, you would say, in that uh, in the draw in the earlier couple of rounds. But, um, yeah, I think City will win easily if they turn up. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I, I, I'm the same. I can't see past Man City, especially with, I mean, a follow You know, I mean, I can't see it. I can't. I can't see Man United doing it, so uh, I'd say Man City for that game as well. Yeah, Haaland, uh, you know, that, that may be like what they've needed in these <clears> cup competitions because they're good over like, the course of the season, obviously, but in the cup competitions, they've always fell short. And I, I just think Haaland's going to make a big difference. He's that sort of match winner player. So, yeah, he's a guy. He, I mean, he's a guy now that they can, they can turn to to get the goals and the big goals. You know, he's, he's a big game player, isn't he? So, yeah, I mean, I mean City have got it all at the moment. That's what Chelsea did years ago under Drogba. Wasn't he as prolific as people thought he was, but in big games, he turned up. And that's what Man City need. I mean, that's what you need in games, isn't it? Because, I mean, you can be sitting there when Man City playing that final, and, and if they win that, and in two weeks' time, they could be playing a Champions League final at that time. So, I mean, I mean it's exciting times for Man City at the moment. But I think, for me, they've just got to keep Haaland fit. If they keep him fit, I mean, they've got a great chance of winning every competition that they're in at the moment. And they've always had, like, obviously good players and match winners in a sense, but I feel like before Haaland, they played more as a team in a sense, so you, you have to kind of rely on the full team being at it or a few players being at it, whereas I think if they're off it a wee bit, Haaland can still win them games, through what I've seen. So I think they still need to be um, at their best, but even if they're not, I think they've still got a, a good chance. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, we will now move on to the Newcastle versus Tottenham game. And on Sunday, the twenty third of April, Newcastle defeated Tottenham. Was the fact that in the first twenty minutes of the match, Newcastle were already five 0 up. So um, obviously, you know, the game was already done by then. And then after the game, uh, the res- the the result of it was the fact that. Tottenham announced that interim manager Christian Stellini was sacked um, with Ryan Mason taking over. So starting off with you, Pierce, what was your reaction when you read when you read that result? Mind blown, honestly. 
Um, but not only really surprised the way Tottenham capitulated because this season has just it's been dire, to be honest. Um, Eric Dyer. <laughs> no, um, no, twi- twenty twenty minutes to be five 0 down, <laughs> unbelievable. But it's it's just it's, it's not acceptable to be honest for a team of Tottenham size when you've got two world class players and Harry Kane and the uh, human son. Um, they must be thinking, what what what's the point of playing for this team? Because the fact is, the players behind them are bang average, bang average. Because you're saying it was five 0 in twenty minutes. At half time, it could have been 10-0, honestly. But Newcastle were at it for the get-go. And Hugo Lloris, he is he is no a captain. He looked perfectly fine in the first half and somehow he has a hip injury at half time. And some of the goals that he let in, it's, I, 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 I have to question the goalkeeper as well. And in terms of Stellini staying on as the, the interim, that's Daniel Levy basically just giving up the season because they were in a top four race. Now they're well and truly out of it because the fact that they've kept the man that was Conte's number two and then they're going to Newcastle and you're, you're changing for three at the back because your defence is not good enough and then you go with a four at the back. It just baffled me the decisions they make. Um, the only positive is Harry Kane get another goal but that's the only positive you can even spin on Tottenham and the fact is that Newcastle just took their foot off the gas the second half. Mm-hmm. What were you, Liam? What was your reaction to that? I just the same. I'm not surprised at all with the result, but I was just shocked at how quickly Tottenham folded. But then at the same time, I wasn't really shocked as well because just so bad right now. Um, and you can look at it and say, you know, the interim manager was sacked, which is the first time I've ever seen that happen. Um, I don't really remember that happening before, but at half time, obviously. Regrouped, and I know Newcastle probably took their foot off the gas. The game was one inside twenty minutes, but you know they finished the second half one each, which still probably isn't good enough for Tottenham. But it just shows you that if you do the basics right, you probably can like get a result of some sort. So I just think everybody's quite trigger happy just now with sacking managers and interim coaches. It's just getting a bit yeah a shambles to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watched um, I watched a bit of the game. I did watch the first half and. I think every time I looked up, it was there was a goal. Newcastle were scoring a goal. I mean, to be five 0 down in the first twenty one minutes of the game. I mean, I mean that that that's just shocking. I mean, I I mean it's just, I mean that's such a big game. That was such a big game as well because um, obviously Tottenham and Newcastle are fighting to get into the top four, so, and you know, uh, I I you know we're obviously talking more about Tottenham here, but I mean, for Newcastle, what when. And, you know, I, I think if you were sitting here three years ago talking about Newcastle being the Champions League, you know, you would never have, you would never have said that. So, I mean, the, the progression they've made over the last, ever since they've been taken over, I mean, it's been, it's been amazing. Um, but I just want to go back to talking. So, starting off with you, Pierce, what do you think, what do you think has gone wrong? What do you think is the main reason Tottenham for it to kind of go uh, all wrong this season? Like, what what's the big problem? Daniel Levy. Lack of investment. Um and the fact is did he really want Conte? Because like some of the managers have been like since Pochettino, he was like the one man that got him to Champions League final. They had this squad they could have built on it and then he didn't. And then he sacked them. And then they bring Nuno on 
didn't work. Brought in Mourinho. Had some success at the beginning. Didn't work. And they bring Conte, who's the same kind of pragmatic style. Um, it worked in the beginning, but then this season, it just hasn't worked at all. Um, and then obviously the fallout for him getting sacked with his comments and stuff like that, and then still he needs... So he needs to... Levy needs to sort out what type of manager he wants and what type of style he wants to go for. And the fact is that squad... It, like any football fan can look at that Tottenham squad and look at that defence and say that is not Premier League standard. And mm-hmm. if, you, if you want to build on a successful club that wants to challenge for trophies, challenge for top four, challenge for titles, which Tottenham were doing under a period under Pochettino, um, but some of that squad is still there. Like, like you need to improve, you need to keep reinvesting. Like, you can't just have pin your hopes on Harry Kane and Son and Kulaseski to break to do some magic. I mean, so for me, it's it's just a lack of investment, and for me, it all starts with recruitment, and they they need to just wrap the whole team up. And you look at the teams around them; they're, they're all improving. Look at Arsenal; they signed Inko <coughs> and Gabriel Jesus from Man City, proven winners under Manchester City. And then Chelsea just went out and spent about probably eight hundred million. Um, so, and, and clubs are all spending out and about them. And you look at the way teams like Newcastle improving. No, it's not just about spending money, but it's spending money rightly on the right type of players to fit your system. And look at Brighton as well; they've spent pennies, but they're doing it in the right way, and they're exciting to watch. And Tottenham just looks after at the moment. That's just that's the only way I could see them going down further. And the fact is, I do see Kane and Son wanting to just jump ship in the summer. Mm-hmm. What about yourself, Liam? What do you think is the main problem at Tottenham? I, I kind of just echo everything Pierce has said, and I like the Newcastle example because they're third in the league and they're doing really well, and a lot of people probably point to the, the money that they've now got, but I don't think, I mean, I need to look at the figures, obviously, but I don't get the sense that they went out and spent hundreds and brought in hundreds of superstars. Like he's still a good manager and he's got them playing playing well with, you know, three or four players that he's brought in or whatever. But I think it goes back to um the hierarchy as well. Like I see everybody's just so trigger happy to get rid of a manager as soon as it goes bad because you look at when they had Pochettino for was it four or five years or something and they always finished third, second, third or um, the top four of that um, so maybe there wasn't any excuse to, to sack him but I feel like when they sacked uh, Nuno, it was only four months into the job and he'd won manager of the month in his first month or, uh, his first few months, I don't exactly remember what month it was but the one manager of the month, he was picking up results and then as soon as they started getting a few bad results, they sacked him um, Conte was fourth in the league when he got sacked and you're thinking, like, obviously it's not going great, the form's not good, but they're sitting fourth in the league. Like, it's not like they're sitting in relegation. So I think they just need to persevere and hope it gets better instead of just sacking somebody as soon as things don't go right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will now move on to previewing this weekend's Scottish Cup semi finals. So on Sunday, the 29th of April, Falkirk will play Inverness Cali Fissel. And on Sunday, 30th of April, Celtic will play Rangers. So we'll start talking. Uh, by we'll start by talking about the 
the Falkirk versus Inverness Cali Thistle match. So, um, starting off with you, Pierce, what do you think about it and who do you think will win? I'm going to go with Inverness Cali Thistle. Um, I do I do think I was quite impressed with the performance they, they showed against Kamarnock in the earlier rounds um, by beating a Premier League, op- Premier League opposition. And that is they they have got a few injuries in that back in the side, so they're near you know, so full strength and they've been performing well in the championship when I've when I've uh, tuned in to watch them, and in terms of Falkirk, we we both seen them last season, they weren't great, but now they've actually got the right manager in, and they're actually doing really well. Um, so for me it's tough to call I think it could go either way but if I had to pick put a name in the hat I'd, I'd probably edge towards Cali Thistle mm-hmm. What about you Liam? What's your thoughts about the match and who do you think will win? Um, I think it'll be a good match it's, it's quite good to see two lower league teams in the, the semi-final at Hamden um, I don't really remember the last time that happened either to be honest but I know that's good for the game and I think um I would edge towards Cali Thistle as well. They're obviously a league above uh, Falkirk. Falkirk, I think we've got two wins in the last eight, and Cali Thistle got six in the last eight or something. But again, form kind of goes out the window in cup games, but as I just a 50 50. So if you had to choose, you would go for Cali Thistle based on the form, even though, as I say, form isn't the be all and end all. But uh, Falkirk losing the league to Dunfermline as well, I expected a wee bit more for them in the last few games but again the form's not been great so I would it's towards Kelly Thistle mm-hmm. No I, I echo what you say as well about uh, the fact there's two lower, t- lower league teams in it in the semi-final and one of them get to go to the final you know that's that's really good to see um, so uh, we'll now discuss the other semi-final which is um, between Celtic and Rangers so again and Petrovinko win me? Yeah, start with you, yeah. Oh, sorry, mate, I just cut off a bit there. Um, again, it's, it's, going be, it's going to be a tough one to call. Um, depends on like, injuries and stuff like that as well, because like, both sides unexpectedly dropped points at the weekend in the in the domestic league, where Rangers surprisingly fall into defeat to Aberdeen 2-0, and then Celtic drawn at home to Motherwell. Um, but both sides didn't look at the free flowing best, and the middle of the part is also always a key battle. We say this before every match, but it is. It's like, it just sets the tempo of the game. Like the last game, like it was it was quite scrappy. There was so many errors from Celtic in their home game, and obviously the last cup final was decided by one man, and it was Kyogo. Um, might be it was the same at Parkhead as well, but it could be the same again, but. With it being Hamden and obviously Rangers, probably or you probably say slight favourites because they're the holders. Um, but I would say the key battles is the midfield and if someone like Rio Hotati is fit or the Celtic risk playing an Aaron Moy that's not fully fit again, or do you, do you play the inform Matt O'Reilly or do you, do you chuck a water in to start? Um, and obviously Celtic get injuries in the wings as well in terms of like. Don't know if Jot is fully fit or is is it would you play Sad Taxibanovich and Maeda and in terms of Rangers, do you chuck Manelos up front even though he's you know it's well off the pace and or do you throw 
uh, Cholak in or players like Tillman who hasn't really impacted this sort of fixture yet. Um, Raskin's looked all right. Um, Cantwell's looked okay the last time he played as well. So, and obviously James Tavernier is usually Rangers' talisman in these fixtures. So, um, and it's key to see as well if um, Conor Goals is fit for Rangers as well because without him at the back, they look absolutely hopeless. I've had to tip it, I'd probably say, um, I'm going to say a high school game, I'm going to say 3-2 Celtic. Mm-hmm. What about yourself, Liam? Again, I just think that the cup games are really hard to call because form goes out the window, a lot of them, but you're obviously asking for a prediction, you need to base it on something, and I think Celtic unbeaten against Rangers this season. So, you're obviously going to sway towards Celtic. You know, they've got the better of them in the, the last few games. And I think for me, the difference between the two teams is Celtic have a style. And every time you see them, they play that style. So, at the weekend, when they drop points, they weren't at their best, but they still had that style. And you know what team's going to turn up, whereas Rangers, they can turn up or they can't turn up. Um so I think that's the difference. So even if Celtic are at their best, you still expect that attacking attacking football and you expect them to get chances. But at the weekend, you've seen that one or two teams can turn up for Rangers. And I think that comes down to the, the sort of style aspect of how they play. And it's maybe not there yet because he's you know he's not got his own players or whatever. But... Hmm. Um, so for the final part of the show, Pierce will now give as Asian football roundup. Yeah, so um on Saturday um before um uh, Guangzhou kicked off on the Sunday, I was put a wee article up on the website, but um I, I met a few of the uh, Korean football players uh, for the Guangzhou team and they were doing like a meet and greet and they'd done it also on the Sunday as well. And it was just nice to see just to interact with some of the players, get photos and see the the kids that have the mascots and get some goodie bags and some activities and stuff like that. And uh, also um, when I met one of the players, I uh, got a photo with him and then posted it later on my social media and they responded saying, nice to meet you, which I thought was a, a nice wee touch. But in terms of the, the results, so when the Japanese J-League won, um, kicked off this weekend, it was uh, on Saturday, San Fetch Hiroshima 1, FC Tokyo 2, Vassil Kobe um, losing 3-2 to... Angelo team, Yo Kamamano 3 2. Um, and on the Sunday, the, the full card that basically finished the weekend, and it's Albert's Naga 0, Kashi Atlas 2, Serios Osaka 1, Kashi Oriso 0, Hikido Consaldoli Sapporo 2, Avispa Fukuoka 2, Kyoto Sanga 2, Sagantosa 3, Nagoya Grampus 2, Shonan Belmer 2, Gambo Osaka 1, Yokohama FC. Kawasaki from Tally 1 and Uberi Diamonds 1. So that leaves the J League looking like Vassel Kobe still top in 19 points for 9 games and Nago Grampus just unbind them on 18 and Yoka Marnos climb up to third position with their win over Vassel Kobe and put themselves right in the title race with 17 points. Joined there with Uberi Diamonds and Sanfrecce Hiroshima. And at the bottom of the table, Yokohama FC still remain winless after nine matches, only on three points. In terms of the Korean League, so that kicked off on 
Saturday with FC Seoul winning 3 1 against Sue One Blue Wings. Uh, Daegu FC 1 1 0 against Daegu Citizen. Uh, Ulsan Hyundai drawn 2 each with Bohang Steelers. Uh, Inchon United drawn 2 2 with Sue One FC. And on the Sunday, we had Hangzhou FC drawn 0 0 with Gang One FC and Jed United losing 2 0 to Jumbo Hyundai. FC, and that's all your latest Asian football news. Thank you, Pierce, and uh, thanks, Liam, for, for coming on. It's good to have you. No worries, it's good to jump on finally. But can I just ask what was in the goodie bag, Pierce? Yeah, the goodie bags were just like posters, and uh, you get the, the players to sign it, and uh, the, the wee stickers of the, the club crest, the um, like the wee t- tattoos, and then you'd like footballs and that as well. You had to kick it and go, and then it was like wee mini sized footballs and then you gave it to the players and the players signed them as well. So nice wee touch. And the fact is they were doing it just to improve um the gates because the gates are only massive in Korea. So it's not like Scotland or the UK, like where it's like pure sellout crowds. It's more like geared towards like families and um just enjoying the time they're eating food and just socializing. So just try to get more people through the gates and it isn't really that expensive, maybe £15, tw- £15, £20 a ticket for the Korean First Division, so it's actually not too bad. Yep, that sounds really good. Um, so uh, thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the Football Trigger podcast. This podcast will be available to listen to on the Football Trigger YouTube channel and also on the Football Trigger website. Thanks for listening and see you soon. Bye-bye.